What is going on on hey Cancelled? Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we are live right now, actually. So that's sick. I'm happy uh, if so. you're if you're here live right now. That's great. You're if you're watching one. later, that's awesome too. Uh, but I know that um, I don't know if she joined yet. But Grace Payak guaranteed that she would be on the live. So Grace, what is going on? Wow. Thank you for tuning in. So special. So special. So special. I assume that uh, my wife and uh, my sister-in-law Lindsay are watching too. So hello. I assume my sister Nicole is watching. So hello. Uh, but there you go. Praise God. We have to have Nicole on the podcast sometime. True. We have to have Nicole on. Anyway, um, this right here is my favorite part of every week. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> but this right here is an apple because what we like to do here on Uncanceled, if you haven't watched any of our videos, is we like to rate Wait, that, that apple. apple. That's what we like to do. We're, we're still... Working on no, it. No, we're still, not. That's we're, the we're, name. We're, we're, all right, all right, all right. We, I think we should work on it. If you have any suggestions for Rate That Apple, let me know. Don't worry. We're going to get into the Bible in a second. But uh, I like to rate apples, and so does Ben. So yeah, that's we what do. we're going to do. Ben, tell us what we have today. I'm just so excited and so happy to be here because we have a Cosmic Crisp mm -hmm. apple, and it's just, like, good. It is just good. And we're excited, and we're going to rate it, and it's going to be a high rating. Spoiler alert. But yes. Ready? Let's take a little uh, little bite out of it. Mm. I mean, what else can you say? My goodness. Is there anything like, what do you, what do you got, Ben? It's just good. It's you get such a good bite with it. It's so crispy. It snaps, and then it keeps snapping. Some apples, like the first bite, will be crisp, but then it'll kind of tail off a little bit. This one just stays crispy the whole time, and it's sweet. It's got a little tartness. It's just good. Yeah, honestly, this might be a hot take, but I think that this has surpassed the honey crisp as my favorite apple. It's really good. I'm just going to go ahead and rate it because I have nothing negative to say about it, really. I, I guess, Ben, I guess this would be my standard. This is a 10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big <laughs> moment. It's a big moment in my apple, uh, um, my apple eating. For me, I still like Envy a little bit better. Um, and I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a 9.8. Right. It's very specific. For me, an Envy is a 9.9, .9, and the only reason an Envy is not a 10 is because I'm holding out hope that somewhere there's a better apple. But this is phenomenal. Excellent. If I find another apple that's better, this will bump down. But that's I have nothing great. else to say. It's so good. I'm going to eat the rest of it off camera. I'm too broke. Can you give me, like, a paper towel so I can save this thing? Yeah. You can't waste this. Nope. Like, all right, I'm done now. Never mind. All right. That was really good. I, oh, my goodness, there's a fly right here. There we go. We're good. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I really did. I thought it was great. Uh, but thank you guys for watching Rate That Apple. Um, now's the more important time of the podcast, at least 
in my opinion, in my assumptions. Oh, yeah, you should take it. That's a good call. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for getting the apple, for getting ready to rate it. Um, but anyway, now's the time for the more important thing in the podcast, which is for me to go through the Word of God with you guys. Obviously, we've done a lot of different teachings on a lot of different things. We've talked about how to live the Christian life. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about fasting, I even believe. We've talked about the authority of a believer. We've talked about tons of different things. But today, I want to do something a little bit different. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about uh, the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. And this is going to be literally an as many part study as it takes for us to get through the book of Galatians. People do not understand how to read the Bible anymore. It's not a common thing. Ben, can you grab me a water real quick? My mouth's kind of dry. Sorry. I should have probably came up here with that. But anyway, people do not understand how to read the Bible anymore. People don't understand that the Bible wasn't written specifically to them and that there's a larger context that can help you understand what the Bible is saying. Um, I'll show you this right now. For the book of Galatians, I'm going to give you some context before we get into the uh, before we get into the actual reading of the book today, I'm going to go through the entirety of chapter one with you, and I think I can actually do it in like 30 minutes. I really do. I think maybe less than 30 minutes. But we're going to do an overview of the book of Galatians and some things that are important to understanding Galatians. Ben just walked back in with my water, so he's going to come up here and hand it to me real quick. Sorry about that. Praise God. Praise God. Great. Usually I have somebody else up here with me, so they're kind of able to offset me. But today, I can't, I, I'm a lone wolf today. But anyway, for my history buffs that are out there, if any of you like history, the book of Galatians played a major role in the Protestant Reformation as this book basically teaches that salvation is by grace through faith. This is a book that Martin Luther, when he had the whole 95 Theses that you probably learned about in history or something like that, that Martin Luther based a lot of what he did off of the book of Galatians, or sorry, not off of, but on the book of Galatians. This was a major, major, major uh, player in the Protestant Reformation. And There's a couple of things that we have to understand before we go into the book of Galatians. Obviously, the book of Galatians was not written to you specifically. It was not written to this church, faith church specifically. It was written to a church in Galatia. A church in Galatia. And Galatia uh, was uh, was a city inside uh, inside of a European country. And... Galatians, uh, the Galatians were a group of people that were either northern or they were southern. Uh, the, there's either the northern theory of, of the Galatians or the southern theory of Galatians. Um, I'm not going to get into either one, but the bottom line is, is that it was written to the Galatians. And so what was happening in this church? Well, the first thing we have to understand is that the Apostle Paul was the overseer of this church. 
An apostle, biblically speaking, is someone who oversees and plants a church. It's someone who literally uh, starts a church, plants it, brings it up, and like it doesn't just like plant the church and leave. This person literally plants the church, disciples the people, puts people in leadership in the church, and makes sure that the church is up, running, and functioning well, and then they are the spiritual authority of that church. That's the way that an apostle works. And so the apostle Paul was an overseer of the of the church of different churches that he wrote to and the Galatians was a church that he wrote to as an apostle. And inside this church of Galatia that the apostle Paul started, people began to oppose him. They said things like this. They said that Paul just wants to be great. Paul just wants to have power, basically was what they were getting at. Paul is not a legitimate apostle, they even uh, challenged and said. And this group that opposed him, they were referred to as Judaizers. Judaizers. And they not only opposed Paul's message, but they questioned, again, Paul being an apostle. And the reason why this was so significant of whether or not Paul was an apostle or not is because it was biblically understood that an apostle had authority to be able to speak on biblical matters. So if he really was an apostle, then they needed to listen to the things that he had to say. But if they could discredit him as a uh, someone who was not an apostle, then they no longer had to listen to him in the same in the same way. So they were they were out to try and disprove Paul's apostleship. And just in case you again don't understand apostle, uh, apostle is a, one of the fivefold ministry callings that we see in Ephesians chapter four. Uh, they're the gifts that Christ gave the church. It's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. That is the fivefold ministry. Just a quick comment on that. If someone says they're called to ministry but is not called to one of those five-fold things, then that's not a biblical ministry calling. I know that that might contradict some things that you might heard. But even if someone's a missionary and they're called to, to, they say they're called to missions, that's not their biblical calling. If they're going to go across to another country and pastor as a mission, it would be a missionary but do the work of a pastor, their biblical calling is pastor, not missionary. If they're going to go to another country and they're going to evangelize and win people to Jesus, their biblical calling is an evangelist. It's not a missionary. But anyway, that's a different topic. I just thought that I would touch on that real quick. But they were trying to discredit his apostleship. And so this group is uh, opposing Paul with another message. A completely different gospel is what uh, Paul ca uh, calls it. Basically, what these Judaizers, this group that opposed him, wanted to people to do is they were saying that salvation is through faith, but it's also through converting to Judaism and doing the works of the law, doing the Jewish traditions and things of that nature. Yes, it's by faith in Jesus Christ, but you also have to do all of these different works. And one of those works that uh, is that is huge for them that they were saying that you have to do this is if you convert to uh, to Christianity and you give your life to Jesus Christ and you were not raised Jewish, you need to get circumcised. That's what they were like commanding everybody to do is they were saying that if you want to be saved, you have to be circumcised. Circumcision is required for your salvation. But the reality of the gospel is this, that you don't have to do anything except have faith in Jesus Christ. And even that faith is supplied 
by God. God gives us the ability to be able to have that faith. The Holy Spirit does a work in us, brings us to a point in decision uh, to make a decision, and we decide to put our faith in Jesus Christ. It's not of our own works. It's not of the works of the law. You don't have to get circumcised. You don't have to do all of these different things in order to be saved. That's not the gospel. If people say, oh, well, you know, it's faith plus something else. Faith plus anything else is not biblical. Faith plus anything else is not biblical. However, that's not to say that works are not a sign of someone's faith in Christ. Works should follow someone's faith in Jesus Christ, but they're not the thing that saves them. There's a distinguishing. Faith is what saves you. It's saving faith. That's what gets you right with God. A repenting of your sins and putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That's what makes you right with God. But works will follow someone that genuinely repents of their sins and puts their faith in God. However, works are not required to be saved. You don't have to do anything. Jesus already did it all. So while works is an evidence of salvation, faith is what actually saves a person, not works. So we just laid that entire groundwork. I just gave you a ton of context on what's going on in the Galatian church. The thing that we don't understand anymore, unfortunately, when we read the Bible, and it's not your fault if you're listening right now, it's because people haven't taken the time to teach it, is that there is a context that needs to be understood in order to apply the Bible to your life. We have to understand what's going on within these churches to, in order to apply them to our personal lives. Uh, sometimes we read the Bible and we read a verse and we go, oh, let me apply this to me. And that's good that you want to apply it to yourself because the Bible does speak to you too. But in order to really even get there, there needs to be a proper understanding of what's going on. So let's go ahead and dive into Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, section by section. And we're just going to break it down. Galatians chapter 1. It says, This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group or people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. So let's go ahead and break this down now. That was, that's a typical Paul greeting. When Paul greets a group of people that he's writing to, that's how he greets them, in that very similar fashion. But there were some things that were actually unique to the church in Galatia first. First thing we see here, this was clearly written by Paul. Paul was the one who wrote it. Yes, it was by the, the, uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit, or not the unction, that's not the right word, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit is by which Paul wrote this letter. Yes, so it is the word of God. But Paul was the human that literally copied it down. Um, so Paul was the author, and the first thing Paul says is an apostle. This is a letter from Paul, an apostle. Why does Paul make this distinguishment? Why does he say this? He says this in a lot of his letters, but it's the first thing he says here, an apostle, because he's trying to establish to the Judaizers that are opposing his apostleship uh, that, yes, I really am an apostle. Yes, what, I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, I was not appointed by any group of people or human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself. And so he makes it very clear because, again, these Judaizers were trying to discredit him, saying, you made yourself an apostle. You let humans make you an apostle. 
but you're not really an apostle of Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying by in this introduction is, no, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. I was commissioned by God to be an apostle. And the way we know that he was, he was directly commissioned by Jesus is this. If you, uh, if you go to Acts chapter 9, I'll actually go ahead and read it. Acts chapter 9, understanding Paul's life a little bit in background. And I think he actually says it later on in Galatians. If you go to Acts chapter 9, Saul, he's uh, headed to the city of Damascus. And it says in Acts chapter 9 verse 3, As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So this is important. Why is this important? Because in order to be an apostle in the New Testament, capital A, apostle, in order to be a part of the original group of apostles in the Bible, you had to actually physically see Jesus. You had to physically see Jesus. You had to physically be commissioned by Jesus. Like, not in the way that Jesus called me into ministry. I didn't actually see Jesus in the flesh, and he talked to me. Like, but so this is very important that Paul literally saw Jesus and was commissioned by him to go do the work of the ministry. This gives him the validity in order to be a, a immediate apostle. There are still apostles today. There are still apostles today. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that apostles don't exist anymore. But what I'm saying is that there was a specific group that was directly commissioned by Jesus, and they carried a certain authority. And so th this um, apostleship, was, uh, was Paul was eligible for this apostleship because he was directly commissioned by Jesus himself. So he makes it very clear, I was not commissioned by men. I was commissioned by Jesus Christ specifically. And so then he goes on to say that he's writing the letter to the churches of Galatia. So again, Galatia was, uh, was a, um, I actually think I misspoke earlier, it was a province. Galatia was a province. And he's writing this to the churches inside of this province of Galatia. And then he goes and just uh, wishes them grace and peace. And he makes a, a point of pointing out that Christ was our substitution on the cross. And then he gives God praise at the end of his introduction. So, you know, kind of just understanding the background again. It's important to lay that groundwork, and you'll see why in a little bit. So then Paul goes right into it, and he says, I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way, or some translations say a different gospel, that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different, gospel, different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. So, what's Paul saying here? Paul is saying that he's shocked that the Galatians turned away from the good news so quick, uh, so quickly. What does he mean by that? Well, the gospel, the good news, is that is is that Christ came, that He died on the cross for our sins, He rose again from the dead, and then by by grace through faith you give your life to Jesus Christ. That, that's the basics of the gospel. That's the crux of the word. And these Judaizers that I mentioned to you earlier, these false teachers that are in there, are telling these people. Yes, it's by faith in Jesus, but other works. 
like I told you guys before. And so Paul is saying, how could you turn from this good news so quickly? I'm shocked that you would turn from this good news. Why are you obeying this false gospel? And so Paul, he basically starts by correcting them, by rebuking them, telling, uh, telling them that this is not the gospel. What you're being told by these Judaizers is incorrect. So you might be wondering at this point, all right, you know, you've told me a lot about the church in Galatia. How does this apply to me in my personal life? Well, now that we're kind of into this a little bit more, we can now start to apply it. Okay, we understand that the church in Galatia was having these false teachers telling them that faith and other actions saved them. Well, the same is true today. If anyone ever tells you that you have to do all these other things in order to be saved, in order to be right with God, you can understand through the book of Galatians that that is not true. Yes, works should accompany my lifestyle. I should be living a, a holy life before God as an evidence of my faith. But if anyone tells you you have to do all these sacraments, you have to do all of these things just to be right with God, uh, I'll just be straight up and honest, and you know this is not. An offense. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm just saying it how it is. But the Catholic Church is notorious for telling people that they have to do all of these things to be right with God. That's not true. Faith, faith is the thing that makes you right with God. Christ dying on the cross and grace through faith is what makes you right with God. That's it. Salvation by grace through faith. That's what makes you right with God. If anyone tells you anything else, they're, poor, they're sorely mistaken. You don't have to work to earn your salvation. Christ already paid the penalty for you. Um, so then Paul says in verse 8, Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one that I have preached to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Why is Paul saying this? Paul is saying this because he's trying to make it clear that it's beyond me. It's beyond what I'm telling you. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if I come to you, even if an angel comes to you and tells you anything other than faith and of grace through faith as salvation, if anyone tells you anything other than Christ and Christ crucified, if anyone preaches you a, a different gospel, then they should be cursed because that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how strong that Paul is being. So what's the lesson that we can learn? Never tell anybody any other message, any other gospel than the one that's spoken of in the Bible. Never preach to anybody. Never tell anybody a gospel other than Christ, Christ crucified, salvation through faith. Never go beyond those parameters. Obviously, there's other things in the Word of God that need to be taught, so I'm not saying that. But never add anything to the message of the gospel that's not in the Bible. Uh the next thing Paul says, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be a servant of Christ. So, what do we learn here? Well, we understand now, looking at the context, that these Judaizers and these people in the church, they were having one belief, and Paul was saying that's not the gospel. So Paul's saying, I don't really care what human beings think. I have no interest in what human beings think. It's not important to me. What I'm concerned with is this. I'm concerned with being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us have quoted this verse before. You know, I'm not trying to win the approval of people and stuff. And that's good. And that it, it does mean exactly what it says, not trying to win the approval of people. Um, so the way you can apply that, uh, apply that to your life is that in your everyday life, you should never be looking to try and win the approval of what other people want from you. You don't have to do that. 
Why don't you have to do that? Because God will actually cause you to have favor with man when you serve him. You can have favor with God and man. You can have favor with God and man. The scripture says in Luke, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with both God and man. When you serve God, there is a favor that comes upon you from man. Now, does that mean that man is never going to, you know, come against you or, or not be happy with what you're doing? Absolutely not. The Judaizers opposed Paul and they were against him. But God will still cause you to have favor with the right people. God will still have, cause you to have favor with the people that actually matter. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean by matter like that, you know, that only certain people matter and those don't. But people that have influence, I mean. That's what I mean by that. People that have influence, God will cause you to have favor. He'll send the right people in your direction. Somebody will see you. Maybe they won't even be a Christian. And they'll go, look at this person right here. There's something about them. I just want to help them out. I want to do something for them. I want to connect them to the right people. If you serve God, God will open up doors for you with man and in this life. But it's more important to serve God than man. We should never go around. We should never serve God just so that we can have favor with man. That's not the purpose. If we do that, we won't have favor with God. But we should never, 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 never compromise what we believe, compromise what we do out of a place of saying, well, you know what? I'm going to serve man instead of God. Always serve God before we serve man. Next, Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source, and no one taught it to me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. So this gospel right here, Paul, again, is coming back to these Judaizers, and he's saying to them, I got my gospel from Jesus Christ. I didn't get it from human authority. So he got it as a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Anybody that's ever been, anyone that's ever saved can probably testify to you that even though they heard a preacher preach the message of the Bible, and it was directly from the Word of God, that when the Word of God came forth, they felt it, and they felt something come alive in them. They felt like they, they needed to make a decision to accept or reject God. And people will say that. In the same way, Paul got a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Obviously, this is not, I'm not saying that, you know, every single person is going to get a visitation from Jesus Christ and that he's going to come and speak to you. That's not what I'm saying. Paul did get a direct revelation and visitation from Christ. But people that have received the good news of the gospel can say that something stirred on the inside of them. That was abnormal. So then Paul goes on, and this right here is actually Paul saying, uh, his testimony of what happened in his life. He says, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. Just to give you understanding, the apostle Paul was originally Saul, and he was a persecutor of Christians. That's what he did. He killed Christians. He was a Jewish uh, leader, Likely, uh, not likely, was a Pharisee. He said he was a Pharisee of Pharisees in one, in one book of the Bible. But he went around and killed Christians. That's what Paul did. And so he goes and he shares that he was far ahead of his fellow Jews in zeal and traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. The Apostle Paul, he's sharing again about the fact that he came to know Jesus Christ. 
that he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He doesn't care what anybody else has to say. He doesn't care what these false teachers have to say. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And this can be an encouragement to you. That Paul, he was killing Christians. He was walking on a completely different path that was contrary to God's word. And yet, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ that completely changed his life. Completely changed his life around. God called him from the time that he was born. People don't understand that when you're called by God, that that calling is on you from the time that you're born. That calling doesn't come on you when you receive it and you understand it. The call's been on you from the time that you were born. Now, can some people reject that calling and not walk in it? Absolutely. Some people can reject that call of God and not walk in that call of God. But people are called from the time that they're born. And so, The Apostle Paul is saying that God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. God chose, God, uh, uh, one thing that some people take from this is they believe that God, you know, chooses who's saved and chooses who's not saved. That's not what the Bible teaches, actually. The Bible teaches that God gives humanity a choice to be able to receive. But God, uh, through Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world, that he literally had a plan to have Jesus Christ die on the cross so that everyone can have a choice to be able to receive salvation. But the Apostle Paul here, he's speaking and he's talking about his testimony of what happened and how he came to know Jesus Christ. This can be an encouragement to you. Like I said, no matter what you've done, you can always come back to Jesus Christ. No matter if you if you were you know doing the very worst thing that you think you could possibly do, the Apostle Paul was killing people, yet God still chose him and used him. Paul says, "When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to the group to uh, I'll go to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away uh, into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. So, why is Paul saying this? Paul's saying this." Because these Judaizers and these false teachers in Galatia were saying that the Apostle Paul went to get his apostleship confirmed by the other apostles. He, or not confirmed by, sorry. He went to try and become an apostle by getting human confirmation. He went to try and get human beings to tell him he's an apostle. And that actually is an important thing. You should be confirmed, or Paul should have been confirmed by the other apostles, absolutely. But they were saying that he was called and commissioned by these other apostles, that they were the ones that put his calling on him. They were the ones that commissioned him. And so Paul's saying, absolutely not. No, when I received this encounter, I didn't rush and go to these other apostles. That's not what I did right away. I went away into Arabia. I didn't even go and consult with other people. I went and sought the Lord. But then he says, three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare that before God that what I'm writing to you is not a lie. Again, he's pointing out the fact that he did not get called in commission by human beings, but rather he was called in commission by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And yes, he hung out with other apostles, Peter and James. That's how we know that he was a legitimate apostle, that he was confirmed by those other apostles. But he received his his revelation directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where he got his calling from. That's where he got his commissioning from. Then he goes on to say, after, after, that I've, uh, after that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia, and still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew 
was that people were saying the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. This right here is the Apostle Paul again just sharing his testimony about what, what happened, about the fact that he came to know Jesus Christ. And that church has heard this testimony, and they praise God because of it. I want to encourage you today that just like the Apostle Paul shared, that if you, if you feel as though that you've done so much wrong in your past, that there's so much condemnation of what you've done, that through Jesus Christ, he can restore you and he can use your testimony to touch the lives of other people. That it's not too late, it's not over for you, and that God can use the things that you've done in your past for his glory. Maybe you already understand the power of the testimony. But let me encourage you with this, that God can use the things that you've done in your past for his glory. Did he cause them? Did he make you do them? No, it was your choice. But God can still work all things together for his good, just like Romans 8.28 says. But this right here, Galatians chapter 1, is our introduction to the book of Galatians. We can learn, we're going to learn a lot of things because of the groundwork that we just laid. It's really hard to get a good understanding of a book of the Bible without understanding the proper background and Bible doctrine. So I promise you, as we go into chapter 2 and especially chapter 3, we're going to dive deeper into some things that apply to your life directly even more. Obviously, there were things that apply to your life now. But we're going to go deeper in preaching those, uh, teaching the, this Bible doctrine. I'm going to go through the entire book of Galatians. It's six chapters. And I promise you, we're going to get some good stuff out of it. I don't know if every week we're going to go through an entire chapter. This just happened to be an easy one to be able to cover in a short amount of time. But as we get into the other chapters, it's going to uh, be deeper and deeper. But I encourage you, I want you to join me again next week uh, on Thursday again at uh, 1 o'clock. Join me. We're going to uh, have another study on the book of Galatians. Um, if you're watching the recording of this, you can watch the recording again next week, or you can join us live Thursday at 1 p.m. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate you guys. We love you so much. And if you're between the ages of 6th and 12th grade, I hope to see you at Impact Youth on a Wednesday night at 6.30. God bless you guys. See you guys next week.